I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Grasa on The Dan Grasa Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, course, Tons of fun lined up for tonight. Welcome in. Lots to do. The number, of course, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. And uh, you can find me on just a plethora of social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, whatever the hell that is. We'll get to uh, that in a little bit. But uh, we got a lot of stuff to do tonight, sports-wise. And Aaron Hicks, good news, is not in the Orioles lineup tonight. So there'll be no controversy in terms of booing. Shocking. Aaron Hicks out of the lineup. Who could have possibly seen that coming? But we got done with the show last night. And it was perfect timing because we got to sit down and and watch the uh, conclusion of the Mets game, which was flying by because not a whole lot of offense going on. And it certainly seemed like for the Mets, there was not going to be any offense last night. But then sure enough, down to their final out, down to their final strike. Francisco Alvarez comes up with a huge home run to tie it. And then Marcana with a big RBI triple to put the Mets ahead. And the Mets get a win, sensational win. Many people saying it's the best win of the season. Not like there's a whole bunch of competition in that category, but yeah, let's say it was the best win of the season. It was certainly an exciting game against a good team, and the Mets showing some signs of life. Won a couple of series in a row now. They beat the Giants in a series. They win the first two games against the Diamondbacks, and look at that. They've won four games in a row, which, again, might not sound like a lot, but this is a team that won six games in June. So four games when we're only on uh, July 6th in the month of July, that's impressive. So already, what has happened? No one is out there saying that, no, this is it. We have turned it around. But there's more than enough of this might be a sign that the Mets aren't dead yet. And I would just simply, you know, there's a lot of conversation on this station about what Yankee fans should do. Right? Yankee fans should stop complaining so much. Your team is nine games over 500 going into play, or 10 games over 500. You guys shouldn't complain so much. Yankee fans, you should be thankful that you've been able to withstand all these injuries. Yankee fans should do this. Yankee fans should do that. So, as a Yankee fan who hears all this conversation all the time about how I should be behaving, I would just like to turn the tables just a smidge, just a little bit. And I would just simply say for Met fans, pick a lane. Pick a lane. What lane are you in? Is the season a lost cause or not? Is the season over or not? Because a lot of fans, I would say the overwhelming majority of fans, have already been on record 
that the season is shot. Fire Billy Epler. Get Buck Showalter out of here. These players stink. We're spending too much money. Pick a lane. A week ago, Steve Cohen held that press conference. And Met fans, they, they couldn't point fingers fast enough. This is wrong and that's wrong. And okay, fine. They've stopped losing games in every way imaginable. But they should not have been losing games in every way imaginable to begin with. So, yes, that was a great win last night. And it's nice that you won four in a row. And it's really all that surprising in a baseball season that at some point you were going to win some games consecutively, especially now that the pressure is off. One of the real takeaways of this group, this Mets team over the last two seasons is when the pressure's on, they melt down. We saw that last year. We saw that this year. Last year, when the pressure hit, when they were 10 games over 500, oh, it was just glorious. Oh, they're just rolling along. Division's over in June. Oh, no cares in the world. We don't care about the Braves. We're winning the NL East. And then when the pressure hit last year, the Mets didn't hit. That Braves series, the Padres series in the playoffs, when the pressure was on, the Mets melted down. And this year, going into the year, the pressure of expectations, it did not go well. So now, after having a month, which even in Mets history, the month of June 2023, one of the worst months that they've ever endured, it felt like that they were left for dead by a lot of people, by most people, and rightfully so. You win, what was it, six, seven games in a month, and you go from, you know, flittering around 500 to one of the worst teams in the entire sport. The pressure is off. You got left for dead, and then all of a sudden when the pressure's off, what happens? Mets wake up. They're not a team that responds to pressure very well. And this was a team that was expected to play for a World Series. So I would just say, for Met fans, pick a lane and stay in the lane. Don't be the guy that's constantly jumping in in the lane and out of the lane and on the side of the road and up here. Just pick one lane and then stay. Is it the end of the world or is it not the end of the world? Because a week ago, a week ago, it was the end of the world. And then they win four games in a row. Oh, well, you know, you know, now that I think about it, no, now that you don't think about it, pick a lane. And that's what's frustrating listening to Met fans. I get to hear about the frustrations of the Yankees. Oh, worst fan base. They booed Aaron Hicks. Yeah, okay. Yes, that's the indication of the worst fan base. Yes. Booing a guy who was horrible for four consecutive years and played every single day when he wasn't hurt. But what's frustrating about Met fans is, Every year you hear that now nah, this year's gonna be different. And then when it's not, oh, so painful to be a Met fan. Oh, you don't know what it's like. You're so lucky. Well, if it's that painful, if what you're saying is it's that painful that you've had to endure so much, then don't you need to see more than you you're you're saying that you've weathered the storm as a fan. Don't you need to see more than a week before you were you were just screaming oh, last week it was over. I did I wasn't well I was but I'm not the important one here. You are. So if this is not your first rodeo, if this team 
causes you so much pain. You're so jaded and so weathered and so tortured and you have so much scar tissue from all the seasons of being a Met fan that maybe don't start talking about how they're going to turn things around because they've won four games in a row, especially since, look, last time I checked, I'm not great at math, but I still know six games under 500 when I see it. I still know tied with the Pirates and the Cubs when I see it. So if you're so tortured, if you have been through the war so, oh my gosh, I've been through the war so much with this team. You love to talk about your pain. You love to talk about your torture. It's like a personality trait. Well, if that's the case, then you should be, it should take a lot for you to, to get back on the bandwagon. But it doesn't seem to be that way. And I get it. Baseball season is a long season, and there's games every single day. And you're going to watch, because if you're a fan, you don't just turn off the TV and say, I'm not watching this anymore, despite what you might say. But just simply pick a lane, and then stay in that lane for a little while. More than four games. Now, if the Mets get back to 500, I said last night, any team that is floundering at this point of the season, you can't really take them seriously until they get back to 500. So if the Mets do get back to 500, well, then by all means, then you'd have something to talk about. But the amount of people, look, you know, midseason's not over yet. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can. It's the same team. You haven't done anything. The rotation is still the rotation. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander didn't all of a sudden become younger. The bullpen, I know they picked up the one guy got, but other than that, the bullpen is still the bullpen. It's the, the team is still the same. So I would just simply ask Met fans to just pick a lane and then stay in that lane for a little while, at least a little while longer than this. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to the phones right away tonight. I want to talk to Met fans. I want to get inside their brains. Let's go out to uh, Brandon is in Queens. Brandon, what's going on, my friend? How's it going? I'm good, Brandon. What's going on with you? I'm just hearing uh, your rant about the Mets. Uh-huh. Well, it's more about Met well, fans than the Mets themselves, but go ahead. I'm a Mets fan, so uh-huh. I'm going to give you my opinion, and uh, okay. I hope it's a good take for other Mets fans here. Okay. Um, I'm in the lane of I'm a realistic fan. I don't believe we're going to come back. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to make the playoffs. Okay, that's I'll a fair honest. take. Um, but uh, like I was saying, a couple of our friends a couple nights ago, do we sell or do we try to buy? If we do get to 500 or at the trade deadline, we're somewhere two, three games back. What do we do? What do What, what do you think we should do as Met, as, a, as a Met? fan or as a baseball fan do the Mets sell or buy if we're competitive enough in the at the tread they launch tread, well, uh, well, I they mean learn. Brandon if they if they do are and thanks for the phone call if they are able to get back to 500 which is no small feat I mean they're still uh, despite the optimism of uh, last night they're still six games under 500 uh, there's a there's a long hill to climb there but let's say that the Mets were to or um, not even get to 500, even just to sneak up closer to break even. I think clearly the Mets are, are going to be buyers, mainly because they can't be sellers. We, we ran, we've run down this before. Uh, I don't know if everybody is in uh, an, an agreement with that, but if you're looking at the Mets, just because they have established players doesn't mean that they have a lot of things to sell. 
Again, what would what would you sell from this Mets team that would be interesting to other teams? I don't think that either of the uh, the guys atop the rotation would be all that interesting. Not given with what how they've pitched so far and how much money they still have. Now, if they were in the final year of their contract, maybe a team takes a shot on a, on a Max Scherzer or, or, or Justin Verlander, but they still have significant money uh, for next year too. Money that other teams would never in a million years spend on a starting pitcher, especially not one that's 38, 39, 40 years old. Only the Mets did that. So that's not something you really can sell. Uh, there's not that many pieces in the lineup that you'd be able to sell unless Steve Cohen is, is going to be willing to eat a whole ton of money. You know, Jeff McNeil signed for four more years. Marte's making $20 million next year. Uh, a lot of guys making a lot of money because of the contracts they signed. So I don't really think the Mets have anything to sell. So I think uh, if they're going to do anything, they'll likely be buyers. The problem with that is do you really want Billy Epler buying any more after what you saw him buy last year? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's all that appealing to me. Got to uh, Doug is in Riverdale. Doug, next up on the Dan Grossa show. Hey, Gordon, right? Yes, that's right, Dan. Uh, Doug, you got it right. I, I I know your name. You know my name. <laughs> I got a random question. I was listening to ESPN today, and I got a question just in general. Do you think like sports are entering like the stupidity and greed era right now? I was listening to the NBA about their having this new exhibition tournament mid-season that doesn't count for anything doesn't there's no stats doesn't mean anything and then in conjunction with that the sports gambling they advertise a lot on tv anywhere like you go they see advertising for sports gambling and then it works on the players and now they're suspending the players because the advertising and marketing has worked do you think we've just entered into this weird like realm of sports betting and stupidity without like any type of like repercussions in terms of like the owners facing any repercussions. And it's just going down a weird path that you see in the next like three to five years. Uh, Doug, I, I don't think we're entering. I think we're, <laughs> we're smack dab in the middle of, I don't know when exactly we entered it and thanks for the phone call, but no, yeah, it's, it's clear. Uh, the, the owners in, in all these sports, they will do what, if they can squeeze an extra nickel out of anything and you, and you almost have to, as a fan, you have to realize that. So when you hear any of these commissioners talking about, well, we want to do this for the fans, they're not doing anything for the fans. They're only doing it so that they can get the fans' money. That's all you are to them is a wallet, is a, is a, is a checkbook uh, in, in every sport. And this is just the latest example. But the NBA is not alone. The NFL has certainly had theirs when, when they were doing the what was it, the personal seat licenses or baseball when they're expanding the playoffs and all these different things. It's all about just getting more of your money. It's not it. You would think like a commissioner of a sport. They're about the health of the sport. They're about growing the game, especially you always say that in baseball. Oh, we got to grow the game for the young fan. No, it has nothing to do with growing the game. It's just about growing the financial pie a little bit more. And, and if, they, if they're not expanding that pie on a regular basis, they, they look at it, I, I think, as they're losing money. We haven't figured out a new way to get any more money in the pie. So I don't think that we're entering that phase. I think we're smack dab uh, in the middle of it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, we'll continue to take your uh, phone calls on the Mets. we got to get into some Yankee stuff. Yankees already trailing the Orioles, one nothing over at the stadium. So a uh, big start here for Luis Severino to see if he can turn things around. And we got to get into some other things with the NBA. 
Paul George trade rumors involving the Knicks. Oh, my gosh. We're just getting started. Three hours to do so on the Dan Grasso Show. It's Gordon Damer in for Dan, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Has Zuckerberg ever had an original idea? Again, Threads is, I don't even think that it's trying to be anything other than basically the replacement for Twitter. It's essentially Twitter with like a little bit different layout. Very slightly. And my, my, my initial impressions are, it's terrible. But who knows? Maybe it'll get better in time. But it's, it's essentially Twitter. Facebook, he got sued for Facebook. That was the, the movie, what was it? The Social Network? That was that whole story there. Instagram Reels is, is TikTok, but worse. Threads is Twitter, but worse. Even, even the name Threads is like a direct ripoff. Of, that's what you, you go on a Twitter thread. It's terrible. I don't know if anybody else, I don't know if the early reviews are in yet. I think people are just like, oh, this is a new thing. Let me go run and do this. Like, and like an idiot, I did the same thing. But I can't imagine what information they're, they're probably listening to me right now. They're ripping off so much of my data and information and everything else. But if you haven't signed up for it yet, I would say don't. Or do. I'm not the boss of you. You can do what you want. But uh, I, I heard people sign. I see, oh, this person signed up for this, signing up for that. Well, you go see what this thing's about. I was like, this is terrible. I sign on, and you have followers, and it links to your Instagram account. So you figure, all right, all the people I follow on Instagram, uh, I'll see their information. I'm like, go, I'm refreshing my feed, and it's all people that I have. I don't follow at all. It's like Duran Duran and Sue Bird, and I'm like, what? What is this? Just give me Woj and give me give me the newsbreakers that I'm looking for. But maybe it'll get better. Who knows? Maybe maybe somebody else will have a good idea, and that will improve threads when Mark Zuckerberg rips off that idea. It's a, it's, it's a good game plan. Let's put it that way. It's a good game plan. 
Uh, all right, so we're, we're talking a little baseball, talking a little Mets at the uh, top of the show there. And, of course, Mets will try to make it five in a row. Oh, can you imagine the optimism? Oh, my gosh, people are just waiting. It was last week that it was, it was over. It was done. Mets fans were distraught. This team, every year, they break my heart. And they give you a little crumb. They give you a little crumb in the course of a season. Oh, my God, this crumb is so unbelievable. This is the greatest crumb I've ever tasted in all my life. Met fans back on board. It just took a four-game winning streak against four pitchers, four starting pitchers that it's not exactly murderer's row there, but that story for another day. Let's talk a little Yankees. We played the cut last night of uh, Brian Cashman talking about the trade deadline, and, and you see some names start to pop up. So Jeff Passan, I'm not sure where Jeff Passan was. I don't think it was on threads, but who knows? Might have been. Was asked about the the, the $64,000 question when it comes to the Yankees. And the $64,000 question uh, regarding the Yankees is, is not so much about the team. It's not about the trade deadline. It's not about trade deadline targets. It's about Aaron Judge. This is what Jeff Passan had to say about the status of Aaron Judge. Honestly, I don't think they should be all that concerned because I think Aaron Judge was just being real and realistic about things. Like, injuries can linger. That's just a fact, but that doesn't mean that those injuries are going to affect you in a negative way. I mean, we all have things that we learn to deal with, and professional athletes, frankly, are better at learning to deal with pain and figure out a, a way to get through it and still be effective than any. Let me, let me turn this on you, Harry. I mean, I'm sure there had to be an injury that lingered way longer than you thought it was going to, but you just figured it out and figured out the best way to play through it, right? Jeff Passan talking about the lingering injury with Aaron Judge and, you know, when does he come back? Does he come back this year? The Yankees have been very adamant that he will come back at some point. But that's what the whole season depends on, is, is when does Judge get back? In what form? What percentage of Judge are you getting back? And at what point of the season where the Yankees are at at that stage? It seems pretty clear when the injury first happened, the hope was, well, you know, maybe around the All-Star break. It seems clear right now, unless something changes and there's some dramatic uh, healing that goes on in the, in the next week or so, that it's not going to be right after the All-Star break. So now you're moving it deeper into the month of July. And if Aaron Judge is only coming back for some parts of August and he's not going to be full-blown Aaron Judge, I think that has to completely alter the Yankees' approach at the trade deadline. Like, what's the point of adding to a team where if you're not getting, and it would seem kind of hard to believe based on the comments that Aaron Judge has had about lingering injuries, that whenever he comes back this year, it doesn't seem like you're getting 100% Aaron Judge. Now, 75%, 80% is still good. But the Yankees have not been able to win in October with 100% Aaron Judge or whatever 100% of Aaron Judge is at the end of the season anyway. So uh, this stuff is all up in the air, and we'll have to wait and see just what percentage he is back when he does get back and what that date is going to be. But it does seem like more and more. And when that first news came down, remember it was a couple of weeks ago that he talked about it. There was a torn ligament, and he doesn't know um, if, the, if the injury is ever going to be right again or it might take a lot longer for it to be right. 
it seems like it's going to be pretty deep into the season. The, the return of Aaron Judge is not coming anytime soon. And when you look at where things are at right now, yes, they're still in the playoff mix. They've done a good job to keep their heads above water without the best player in the sport. But if he's not coming back until August or, or deep into August and you have to make calls based on what you hope to have happen at the trade deadline, it doesn't seem like that there's a, a real good case to be made for going all in, certainly, on this season. Especially when the Yankee farm system, if it doesn't have anything closer to Major League ready than what we've seen so far, that might be another good sign to kind of sit this one out, regroup, and hope for better health next year, especially from the most important player in the sport. So if Judge is only coming back and he's not going to be 100%, he might need to sit out a little longer. And, and when it comes to the trade deadline, the Yankees might have to sit out a little longer because I don't know what sense it makes trying to, to recoup and, and cover up the loss of someone that significant when whenever he does get back, it's not going to be full-blown Aaron Judge. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. Get more of your phone calls, some more concerns about the Yankees. Got to get into this NBA in-season tournament. Who's pumped up for this? Have you heard the new? Oh, I can't wait to share this with you. Let's do that next. It's Gordon Damer in for Dan Grasa. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to the Yankee order, I think that if you had to put a range on things, Josh Donaldson would probably, for most Yankee fans, despite the home run last night, I don't think that there are many Yankee fans that are expecting a, a turnaround at any point in Josh Donaldson. But, of course, he's not the only guy who is uh, struggling in the order. DJ LeMayhew, a lot of callers were calling up today about DJ LeMayhew and his struggles, which are significant. And I said uh, last night, I've been saying for a while, if he's not hurt, it would be really weird uh, for him to be as bad as he has been so far this year. And you just take a look at the, the, the monthly stats. They're, 
they're dropping down each month. And it's like, if he's not hurt, why, why has he been this um, unproductive? You know, to start the season, he was hitting his 250. He was still getting on base some and still had some power. Not that DJ LeMay, he was a big power guy, but at least he was, he was getting some extra base hits, getting some doubles, hitting a couple of home runs. And you just take a look at where his numbers have gone in the months since. It's, it's really just a steady stream downward. So I, I would think you'd have to – I think that the Yankee fans are still kind of expecting that LeMayhew will turn things around at some point, but those hopes have to start to fade as well. And then there is a Giancarlo Stanton. And, and the feeling, I think, for, for most fans is, well, Stanton is a very streaky player. We've seen this before, that at some point he is going to pick things up. And in his time with the Yankees, I'm sure his time with the Marlins, sometimes his hot streaks come right after a stretch where he looks completely lost to the plate. So it's not the type of thing a lot of times with him where it seems like he's really close and then he breaks out. It can be night and day in, in the course of a week. But at what point do we start to wonder if this hot streak is ever going to come? I was looking at some of his numbers today, and they're not good this year, and they're not good any time recently. Now, he's got the night off tonight, not DHing, not playing the outfield. But in the month of June, so not even July, in the month of June, he hit 304. His slugging was 304. Okay, so he, he was injured earlier this year. Coming back from that, maybe it takes him a little while to get going. Okay, fine. Again, streaky player. In the last month, his slugging, in the last month of games that he has played, his slugging is 263. But again, okay, he was hurt. Ah, not, not such a big deal. But he was bad last year, too. It got kind of wiped away because he did have, have some big hits in, in the postseason last year. But I went back and I looked in his last calendar year, in the last 365 game, uh, 365 days in which he has played. His slash line is 182, 260, and his slugging is 392. This is not just a, a prototypical Giancarlo Stanton slump. This is more than that. This is pronounced. This is troublesome because he was supposed to be a guy, when you got him, it was the two guys that were going to kind of carry the lineup. It was not just Judge, it was Stanton too. The two guys that were going to hit with power. And while Judge hits with power when he's there and he's not there a lot, Stanton, it's like his power is, has evaporated. Now, he's another guy who's been hurt a lot, and it's almost like at some point, if he's not hurt, what's going on here? He has not hit really since that first month of the season. And in the last year, you have to start to wonder if the downward slide, if, if, the, if the decline phase of Giancarlo Stanton is hit. Now, he, he, he's still what you would think is a few years away. You're hoping, if you're the Yankees, you're, he's a few years away from that, that you'd hope that he would age a little bit better than this. But in last year's regular season and this year's regular season, he has been a shell of himself. And when you took on that contract, you knew that there was probably going to be a bad year or two. Unfortunately, there's still four more years left on that deal. So this year at the age of 33, for him to be hitting 201 with an on-base of 265 and a slugging under 400, 
yeah, that's one thing. He has been streaky, and when he's bad, he's really bad. He's been bad for a while now. And you take a look at the numbers from 2020, 2021, 2022, again, steady stream downward. And I just wonder at what point do we start to to say, hey, maybe the hot streak that we are all expecting from Giancarlo Stanton where he carries the team for a week with his power, maybe that's not coming because it's not come all that consistently. And even if it does, it might not be the, the, the kind of streak that we've seen in the past. It might be pretty fleeting. It was fleeting earlier this year, and we've not seen it really since. And just expecting that it's eventually going to turn around, uh, th- that doesn't, I, I know that that's what the Yankees will say. I know that that's, the Yankees will tell you because that's what they do. They, they, they have a story, and they stick to it, no matter what the facts are, no matter what it looks like in the game. So I'm sure if they're asked about it uh, during one of these games here, where Stanton has still not broken out and, and looked like the, the player you're paying him to be, they'll make it out like, oh, it's just, it's just a slump. He's real close. He's real close. Well, he had, those numbers are unplayable. I, I mean, if he's going to continue like this, he's basically an unplayable player. And that's troublesome when you have that unplayable player still under contract for four more seasons. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, what's going on tonight? Richard. Uh Uh-oh. Do we have a problem with Richard? If we've lost Richard, we've lost lost the station. I mean, what's going on here? Oh, signs of life. Richard, there he is. I'm sorry. Sorry, Court. That's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, as far, you know, four days ago, yeah. people were writing the Mets off. They, <laughs> they were. Sell- you, Gordon, I don't understand it. <laughs> there are six teams in the playoffs. Right. And people think that those six teams are going to play the same ball that they're playing now. It's impossible. Okay, Atlanta is in. You can tell me the other five teams, those teams are going to have streaks like the Mets have had. It's going to happen. And I can't see Cohen giving up. Why would he give up? You got players like Lindor, Lin, uh, 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 Alonzo. Uh, these guys are not hitting. Monte, they're not hitting. Even Alvarez is not hitting. He's hitting home runs. But these are four guys that if they raise their batting averages 20, 25 points, the Mets are going to go on some streak. There's just too many variables that can happen. There's no way you're, and especially in New York, you don't give up halfway through the season. Now, I'll admit, four days ago, if we would have lost four straight, maybe I wouldn't be talking like this. But even if we went two and two, which we didn't, we won four straight. And, you know, why, why would you even consider selling off players when you have a high payroll like that? You have to justify the, to the fans that you're doing the best that you can, even if you're sinking on the ship. I mean, I don't see it. I don't know why fans are so fast to get It's not that hard to get into the playoffs. All you have to do is sneak in in the number six position. It's been done. How many teams have won it with the six seed? I mean, I'm talking about the World Series. And you don't even have to get to the World Series. As long as you get into the playoffs, you're considered a successful season. Right? I mean, that's all you have to do. And then well, I don't know if it would be – just making the playoffs, I don't know that it would be viewed as a successful season for the Mets. Maybe it would now because they've just oh, been so sure bad. It would, it would be a relief oh, just to on, actually have something good happen. Yeah, but 
it of wouldn't course. be it would not be viewed as a successful season if they sneak into the wild card, lose like they did last year, and are knocked out right away. Correct. No, no. But still, if they get into the playoffs, and anything can happen. So uh, all we have to do is just keep playing good ball. Win three out of every five games. If we go three and two the rest of the season. Maybe not get yeah, – that'll be close enough to get in. I think it'll get us 88 wins, 87, 88, 89 wins. If we can get that far, I'll take my chances. These One or two of these other six teams in the playoffs right now, they're going to falter. So, And you want to keep it close. And just think of all the fun we have watching these last 80 games if the Mets are still in contention. You can't take that away from the fans. We want to know that we have a chance. We want to wake up every day that we're fighting for the getting into the playoffs. That's what's great about all this, at, at more teams in the playoffs. You never consider yourself out. I mean, I, I was shocked at hearing this uh, four or five days ago, Gord, as bad as they were. I mean, I can understand the disgust, but the facts are the facts, the numbers are the numbers, and you still have a fighting chance, and especially in New York, especially when you have over a $300 million payroll. It makes no sense. I mean, you're going to go down. Let him go down till the end. You, I just I, well, I, I will say this, Richard. You know, and thanks for the phone call. The Mets and Steve Cohen have made it clear that they kind of want to win now, but also build up the farm system. When they came on board, the farm system was kind of barren. You've seen most of the top prospects, with the exception of Mauricio, already playing, and it doesn't seem like they have that many pitchers in the system. Uh, so if it were the type of thing where the Mets had a bunch of, much like the Yankees were in the situation in 2016, we're not really going to have a deep playoff run. We have some pieces we could sell off that would allow us to kind of uh, regroup the, the farm system on the fly. It would make sense to sell off, but that's not the position the Mets are, they find themselves in. They don't have, you know, David Robertson might be able to bring you something back, maybe a piece here or there. They're not going to be able to do that that quick reset and build up the farm system and trade off some of those pieces. So they're probably better off. They're kind of stuck. They're kind of landlocked with the contracts that they've signed. There's not going to be a whole lot of, uh, I don't think interest in most of the the players that they've signed because they've signed them to such outrageous contracts. The Mets are the only team that would be willing to sign Max Scherzer to that kind of contract or Justin Verlander to that type of contract or Marte or, or McNeil or any of those guys. So uh, they're kind of landlocked that way based on the spending they've had. Now, in terms of, of the playoff chase, it, with as many playoff teams as you have, it's not like the, the Mets have to climb over a lot of teams, but there's a lot of teams that are, are, are really not all that good. Like the Marlins are the top wild card right now, and they're, 50, they're 51 and 37 with a run differential of minus seven. That tells you they've been very fortunate in some very close games. And that's probably going to they're, – they're probably not going to continue on at that rate. The Dodgers are, are clearly going to be a playoff team, whether it's a wild card or a, um, or a division title. They over, were able to uh, overcome the Diamondbacks there. The Phillies seem like that they're probably going to be a playoff team. The Giants seem like they're probably going to be a playoff team. But could the Mets jump over some teams? Yeah. But that also means that those teams could jump over the, the 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 Padres could very well get hot. The Brewers could play better than what they've played so far. So uh, it sounds good, but the position that the, the Mets put themselves in a position where it wasn't like they just had a bad week; they had a bad month. And to be able to dig yourself out of a bad month, it's going to take more. It's almost certainly going to take more than a month for you to dig yourself out of that month.
And so now we're talking being at the trade deadline and you've got to figure out what your approach is. Steve Cohen told you last week at that press conference, if things don't significantly improve, I'm not sinking any more money into this. And for him to say that, that's pretty glaring. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, are you guys as excited as I am? The NBA unveiling some big plans today. And I know the fans are excited. Oh, people are pumped up. I'll explain what I mean coming up. It's Gordon Damer in for Dan Grasa. It's the Dan Grasa Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.